Hello, Jack Cavendish here. Wanted to take a few moments to speak with you about something I'm quite passionate about. Lurking fears. If you love Cthulhu and Cairo and want to feel the same dread, terror, and occasional triumph, make sure to check out Lurking Fears when you head out to your next gaming convention. With a wonderful group of demented and wildly gifted storytellers, Lurking Fears is able to weave tales that will haunt your dreams and steal your sanity, which is something I know all too well. While specializing in Call of Cthulhu, Lurking Fears also runs a host of games from a variety of other systems, so there's literally an adventure for your every taste and style. They're committed to running heavy RPG adventures, which are driven by the narrative and, of course, by the player's choices. So do check out their Facebook page and make sure you follow them to find out which gaming conventions they will be at next. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Well, it looks as if Faye is jumping headlong into yet another nightmare scenario. And if I know anything about this Keeper Raz, is that we're likely facing hell on a horse with us under hoof. So I'd best load my weapons and head over to lend a gun, or two, just to keep the odds even. This episode is sponsored by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for your continued support. If you're not a member yet, you can join our Patreon for as low as $1 per month to support the cast and crew of the Bardic College. Unlock bonus content featuring your favorite players, get exclusive access to shows you can't find anywhere else, and even get a chance to have Raz run a game of your choice. Visit us online at patreon.com slash college. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome back to Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. I am Raz, and I am joined by everybody again, except for Ella. Ella will be joining us uh, next week, and we are happy to have her back. So uh, when we last left, we are tying up the loose ends before moving on to the next item of power. And the team has, off mic, decided to go for the stone that dreams uh so we'll be going to australia next just to give you a preview of what's coming but for now we have two more people that have to get things tied up before the plane takes off for africa and kenya and kubawazi and that's the last encounter in london of faye dawson and then we'll be going towards africa with jack cavendish and seeing what's going on out uh on the on the serengeti uh, let's get started with Faye. So we'll stick to London one more time and see what happens. We're just trying to see if I can get the cameras back on roll 20. Faye, uh, you see uh, Catherine come out of uh, Aloysius Banks's office and sh- she's still chiding him. You're you're up in, in the front sitting room having a cup of tea with Emily, uh, trying to fill her in without telling her, I'm sure, too much. But, you know, I mean, she's asking questions. You know, it's her home. She's like, w- are we safe? Is everything okay? You You can... You kind of fill in what you, what spaces you can in that. You see Catherine yelling from the hallway, but it was under the leg of a desk, Uncle. And and then you hear some sort of Banks retort that is mumbled and muffled and kind of sounds like cannonball. And th- she's like, there was no cannonball that hit your desk. And starts making her way upstairs to her bedroom, uh, where her bags have already been brought by Ramsey and the other servants. And... Walks away with the Sydney Poulter letter and doesn't call you to join. She's kind of like, I want to go read this by myself. So what happens is time passes for about 
30, 40 minutes. And finally, there's the sound of the bell up front uh, at the main door. And uh, Ramsey says, you know, he starts walking for the door and says, I'll collect whoever's there, madam. And makes his way to the front and opens it up and he goes, oh, yes, ma'am. Uh, they, uh, yes, they're, they're, they are here. Let please, um, please come in. You hear him shut the door, and he says, "If, if just a moment, I, I'll, I'll announce you." And he walks over and looks in, and um, Madam Miss Dawson, forgive me, but uh, your associate, Miss Walcott, is here. I spring up and I go out into the foyer, and it's it, it's Ella, right? Her hair is matted, disheveled. Uh, her face is gaunt. And both of her hands are bandaged. Um, the palms. So not when you bandage the fingers like a mitt, but across the palm and around the wrist. This space here between the thumb and the and the palm itself, down to the wrist, there on both hands has been bandaged. And she's looking at you and she says, Oh, Faye, darling, it's uh good to see you. Been well? Uh yeah, I take I carefully approach her and I gently reach out to sort of like hold her by the shoulders as gently as I can. And I just go, what the hell happened to you? Ella, what's wrong with your hands? Jesus Christ. Oh, um, these, <laughs> nothing really. Um, cut. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, no, I, I know. Listen, I know cuts and I know lacerations. That looks, uh, that looks not, Hey, what the hell? Um, you, you... Emily is standing there. You know what? And I, I just kind of like glance over my shoulder to Emily. I remember now that she's there. I go, how about I take you upstairs? We get you changed. We, uh, I reach out and I sort of touch her matted hair. I go, I'm going to brush your hair and we're going to go change and get into some comfy clothes. Catherine's already upstairs. Is she? Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's, oh, well, if Catherine's upstairs, then perhaps I should be in the basement. No. You know? No, uh, please, God, just that sort of thing. Do you know what Catherine's going to say if she finds out that you have these things on your hands and you don't get them checked out by her? Come on, you know her. Let's. She looks you straight in the face and goes, "Catherine cannot see these. Don't, don't, no, Faye, no, no. I'll, I'll come upstairs and and you, we can we can speak and and do my hair. But Catherine is not to touch. All no, right, all right, no. all right. Well, I think that Catherine. I kind of look towards the stairs. I go. Well, I think Catherine's going to be busy for a little bit anyway she went upstairs to lay down so we'll go to my room okay oh um of course uh, lead the way um miss miss banks um i don't mean to be a bother but um is there anything that you have to eat i'm i'm, I'm right famished and if um uh, sandwiches even something small um scones whatever i'd be appreciative if if you if you if it's not too much of a bother thank you and she follows you up the stairs she's wobbly on the steps she's trying to keep her balance but i mean she just she reaches out and you can see it's painful as she grips the banister and she kind of makes her way slowly it's like she's um laboring each step at, at half speed like kind of you know not like ella who like an yeah. energizer bunny sometimes this is more she's I guide her as best as I can. You know, I kind of put like a hand under her elbow and one on her back and I'm just guiding her up the stairs and then steering her. When you touch her back, it's... Oh, geez, sorry, God. Um, Shoulder? Just a little, little, little agony all over. It's nothing I won't... Hey, I'll, you know I'll what? Heal. I've been there, done that. You've seen. 
multiple times. Let's, all right, I'm guiding her towards my room. When we get inside, I shut the door. I'll lock it because she was really adamant about Catherine not seeing her. I sit Ella on my bed and sort of, you know how it's, now I'm an older sister, so these, like the guys probably won't get it, but I mean, Lauren, you're an older sister too. You know, it's, you kind of, you sit, I sit Ella down and sort of sit behind her. I get out my hairbrush and I start gently working on the knots in her hair. Um, And then I kind of just let her sit for a couple minutes. I'm being as gentle as I can. And then I go, so do you want to talk to me about what you've really been doing in London these past couple of days? Yes, well, um, th- they weren't going to stop. You, 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 you oh, understand I, that, I'm sure. I they, understand, and I think I know what happened, and I just want you to know that I think what you did is it helped. I know that Catherine's probably going to be shit scared, and everyone else might, but I understand why you did what you did, and thank you for protecting us. Oh, it's, um, I, I, I had to reach out to some people I, I, I never thought I would see again and uh i will be forced to pay that reckoning one day i i called in favors spoke to people i i had left in my past some even suspect me of betrayal and i i was made to endure several trials of proof that i wasn't lying but i was able to to get a hold of those whose magic is capable of darker deeds and and, and i was able to get it things done I am. Um, I'm not proud of myself, Faye. I'm. 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 But I just didn't know what else to do. I, they. I've seen the, the damage that Mueller has inflicted upon this team. I. I watched the zombies come and nearly kill Jack and what they did to Aveline. I. I, I can't do that again. I. I won't. I won't bear witness to another death I, I know, of our friends. I know. I, it's. Look, and I'm continuing to brush her hair. You know, I'm sort of like gently stroking the back of her head just trying to provide her some comfort because she's been through a lot these past couple of days there's a mark that you see on her neck that's a welt that looks like it goes down under her dress i'm gonna ignore it for right now um and i just go look everyone on this team past and present has done things that they aren't proud of me included we do what we do not only to survive, but to protect everyone that we love. I mean, they came in here and they threatened us and Catherine's family. They've done horrible things to the team. I mean, you just said it, but we do what we have to do, okay? Yes, of course. Um, I, yes, it, it, it'll be fine. I, I will say um, one thing, though. You scared the shit out of Mueller. Did I? Well, first of all, I was not anticipating seeing him show up to uh, the most holy place or one of the most holy places in the world. Um, So that was a shock. But he told us about what happened and he genuinely seemed surprised in disbelief. I think you definitely knocked him down a couple of pegs. Curses are... Fun thing, funny things. <laughs> Don't always know what's going to happen. What what, what actually did happen was, what uh, Algernon wasn't very clear about what he was going to send to provoke a response. What 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 actually did they do? Uh, did 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 he elaborate? Oh yeah, he elaborated. Um, she apparently hung herself 
And then, yeah, Classic. I know, right? Uh, and he took a straight edge razor right to his face in an attempt to gouge out his own eyes. So uh, very morbid. That's got the job done. Yeah, he. Uh, Amazing what one can I, do with a dinner napkin. You are, Ella, I know that we always get on you for, you know, being flighty and spacey. And sometimes what you can do scares us. I mean, you know that it's, we've all said it, but I don't think that a lot of us really appreciate just what you can do, how powerful you can be. We all have our own strengths and talents. Oh, well, this wasn't me, darling. This was me calling in a favor. I, I can't curse. It's not in my, um, not in my purview. You, you, I, I, I'm a reader, not, not, a, um, not a practitioner of, 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 of true black magic of that nature. That, that required me to go to our mutual friends, um, reach out to one of our, his associates, if you understand what I'm saying, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I know that you can't do this kind of thing, but just, I mean, I, for one, don't have any connections to black magic. That Actually, no, that's a lie. Mm. I sort of, Faye just kind of pauses the brushing for a second as she stares off into space. And then she really quickly comes to, she's like, that's not important. That's what is important. No, but she looks back over her shoulder and she says, but, but, but it kind of uh, is you know what? It's to you, where... Faye. I, I had to go to the Golden Dawn. I, I, I reached out to Algernon Blackwood. Alistair Crowley is one of his disciples. Now, Algernon is, has denounced Crowley. He says he's no longer a part of him. He, he openly has flummoxed him and, and rejected some of the things that he's taught over the last several years. Never went to Thelema. I, I mean, Algernon is, Algernon is strictly old school. Uh, in in the hermetic cycle and circles, he doesn't. He claims that Crowley is an enemy, but he is connected in the past. They do, they have worked together in the past. But he was the only one I knew who would be strong enough to get to them quickly. Faye resumes her brushing, and she just goes, "Okay, I think it's. I think your hair is untangled enough that I could braid it. So let me uh, just start doing that." She's sort of not paying attention to that right now she's just like you know what i'm i'm just gonna keep going we're gonna ignore the problem we're just gonna skate right past that i i know i i really i racked my brain as i walked down the street and to my my old apartment i i racked my brain for anybody i thought who could be quick enough but Algernon has the, the disciples he has the number of people necessary to form the right circles and to give enough psychic energy to to create such a a terrible piece of magic quickly. I, I, I had it, nowhere else to turn. And I, I know. Look, you you did what you thought was right. And you protected Catherine's family and you protected us. It's You didn't mention me, right? No, I, I mentioned no one. I, I, I just told them that these two people were associates, potential associates, that might have something to do with Alistair and his machinations uh, now that he's working from Berlin. But I never mentioned any of the members of our team. I just said that they had threatened me and that they were dangerous and they needed to be silenced. Um, Algernon took it from there. Uh, obviously, very effective. Didn't think he'd get off that quick. Hoped he would, but he said three days. But oh, he, these things can be spit yeah, spot. Yeah, spit spot, all right. Yeah, he delivered. Um, yeah, I got the job done. Um, I finished putting the braid in her hair and I sort of just gently rest my hands on her shoulders and I go she yeah, winces again that's why I gently um and I just go 
look, I'm not upset with you. I'm, I'm just glad that you're okay. Well, I insisted that I paid the blood price at least. I, that's, and she shows you her hands. She's like, I wouldn't let him use his own. That's, I, I wanted to make sure that we suffered a little bit for the things that, that I did. So it's only right to end somebody's life that way is not, I would rather not have done it, but then she just goes quiet. She just falls silent. I don't really have like a ton of first aid. Well, actually, no, I do. Hold on. Let me look. My first aid's a 50, but I don't really have anything that could, like, I would have to go to Catherine to get stuff from her. And Catherine is going to, you know, hear me go, hey, can I go in your medical bag real fast? And she'll go, what's wrong? What's the matter with you? Or you could just say, Ella's back and I just need to borrow some. No, it's, we all know Catherine. Catherine's going to come in here and insist on checking herself. Well, if that's what you think should be done. I mean, you can't hide her forever. Yeah. All right. It's up to you. I, um, with my hands still on her shoulders, I just go, I know you don't want Catherine to see your hands, but you probably, you really do need them looked at. And Catherine's the best person to do that. So if you're okay with it, I'll go get her. And I can talk to her before she comes in here and tell her to withhold judgment as best as I can because Catherine is her own person. And my God, is she her own person? Withhold judgment? <laughs> Faye. She's judging everything before she even hears all this, all the facts. I mean, let's be honest. That's who Catherine is. Rush to judgment. Rush to heal. Rush to help. I get it. Rush. So what? You want to just sit here with your... And I just kind of point to her. The hands... My hands have been stitched and sutured. It's... And a tear comes into her eyes. She says, it's my back that I can't seem to get to stop. Yeah, I, I was about to say, um, I noticed it when I was doing your hair. And uh, I didn't want to call attention to it, but it doesn't look... Uh, now, I'm not a doctor, uh, but it doesn't look that great to me. So if you want, I can go and get Catherine and she can come and look. Okay, she's going to let you go get Catherine. She needs to get better, so. I go to the door, I turn around, I sort of put my hands up like, stay here. And I mosey my way out of the door. I go down to Catherine's room because I think that that's where I thought that she was going. I knock on the door and I go, hey, Cat, Cat, it's Faye. You hear she gets up and toddles over to the door, opens it. Yeah. Hey, so uh, Ella's home. Uh, she got in probably about maybe 20-ish minutes ago. Oh, good. Um, She might require you to look at uh, something on her back. She got a little banged up. It's been 20 minutes and you didn't come get me? Well, she, Jeez. it's... Well, wait, what happened? Okay, I, I need you to... Okay, look... I know that I'm asking a lot. You're being very weird and that's I'm not I'm asking you to listen to me and to not raise your voice or to judge until you hear the end of it. I'm gonna start sputtering like my uncle. It, just, okay, like, what do I need? Do, you need? do I need to bring the whole bag? Uh, maybe. Um, just, I, look, I don't know. I don't know what's on her back. I don't know what you do. Okay, I can, I can wrap gauze around stuff. I can maybe clean something. This is your area of expertise. But remember when... We were, and I kind of just look around the hallway. There's no servants or anything around, right? Come in and shut the door if you okay. need to be secretive. You're All right, I out. come in, I close the door. I go, look, do you remember how Mueller told us about what happened to Herr Steiner and his wife? The thing that really freaked him out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That horrible, rotten, no good nonsense that happened Yeah, and you yeah. know how we had a feeling that it was uh, our weirdo that did it? Yeah, well, our weirdo called in a favor to have it done. But she did it 
to protect us, to protect your family. And she did all of the, the offerings, the whatever the hell. She took all the physical stuff on her. Oh my God. It's, she's pretty banged up. She claims that she's been, you know, she got stitched, but her, her back's messed up, but she's just, she's worried about what you're going to think. I'm going to think she's an idiot. Maybe don't go in there and go, hey, Ella, what's up, idiot? I heard you did some stupid shit while we were gone. Maybe don't lead with that. Maybe go in there and, I mean, don't be like too nice because then she's going to think that's weird too. You know, just kind of find maybe like a happy medium. You know what I'm saying? Happy medium. Got it. And by idiot, I just meant, you know, not that I'm not grateful for helping. Um, More like, hey, we've had talks about you hurting yourself. That kind of thing. Like, I've actually had talks. I'm bustling as I talk, audience. I'm prepping. I grab a bottle of whiskey, you know, for... For you? For the both of us. Oh, <laughs> thought that might be right up for you. <laughs> Sterilization for the two of us. It's We're going to do shots. So, grab the lamp. The, the floor lamp? She has a lamp. Yeah, I, I want better lighting. That room is... that we. I had Aunt M put her in, like, the dark, creepy room. The lamp is probably the same size as me. I unplug it, and I just hoist it above, and I go, on your orders, Captain. I like that. There should be more of that. Why is there not because more of that? Because you're a giant pain in Look. the ass that doesn't need that. Rude. All right, so you make your way to Ella's room. Um, she's having a scones, a scone while she's... And uh, there's a cup of tea on the on the sideboard, uh, you know, mm-hmm. by, the, by the bed. And she sees you walk in, and she goes, Mom... Catherine, darling. Hello. Is that a strawberry one? Um, I don't know. I have, um, chips, I think. Like, a little bit of chocolate. Oh, you gotta try the strawberry ones. Like, Emily's famous local parish. They do a contest every year for scones. She's a doll. Um, do you need help getting your kit off to look at your back? Are you, um, is she in something I can unbutton in, like? She's wearing, yeah, she's wearing a, a dress, but it, it, it's... Something that she, if she unties, you know, just unties the front a little bit and okay. it's will slide d- down to, her, you know, down to her waist. So she lays down, you know, she kind of turns away from you mm-hmm. and is chewing the last piece of the scone. And as you take it down, she looks like she's been in the Navy. She's been hit. You're counting at least 20, 25 times. A uh, single lash looks like wood, not leather. Because of the way that the, the lines are purely straight. Like somebody had hit her with a cane or something of that nature. Is it bruising? Is it bloody? What it looks like, Catherine, is is that it's happened three or four days ago. And it needs like a poultice to kind of start drying. Like letting the, the openness of it start to settle. And it needs it needs like gauze and wraps on it. It needs just to be protected. She's just standing there chewing. Try, I mean, it, but it, you can see it's it looks painful. Mm. Well, that's something. <laughs> Are you eating a scone while you're observing? No. Do you have like needles and thread in your mouth? You're threading a needle to stitch her up. No, that's um, that's something. They um, they didn't believe I was um sincere in my. Uh, I don't need to hear about it. I was talking to Faye. Oh. <laughs> uh well. Oh, then by by all means. Um, <laughs> pretend I'm not here. <laughs> so I start prepping what I need to prep. Uh, give me a medical roll. You got it. Medical roll coming up. 
You know me. That is a 30. That is a hard success. All right. So she will gain back. Oh, not bad. Uh, she's going to gain back uh, four hit points immediately from your, you know, you get everything. There's only two or three that are so bad that you feel like it needs a stitch or two to kind of just settle it closed. Uh, most of them are, I won't, I'm not going to say, again, superficial is not the right word. Superficial would be like if you scraped yourself and you had a small welt. This, these were hits. But you can, but by the by the blow intensity, like how much trauma to the skin, it looks like they weren't done by the same person. Like this was everybody that came for the ritual that night got to give her a, a shot because they, you know, she had run out. Whatever her history is with the Golden Dawn and how she's played them, she had to go back and ask for help, and they wanted to punish her for a past crime before they brought her back in and said, "Okay, now everything's even. We're good." So. Yeah, we'll get into that in Ella's background uh, show. That's going to be on Ella's background stuff. Her Hers is going to be literally the time she goes to the Golden Dawn and has to figure this out. Back to Africa now, and who we haven't heard from in a little bit was Jack. Jack, you've been, over the last several days, the, uh, the girls have been asking to play, uh, going down to the village, you know, and... Uh, Hanging out while you've do- while you've done some some work with poachers, or you've uh, you had one one um, animal like I don't know a, a Tommy gazelle or something that was wounded, but then uh, the either the the predator was chased off, or it, maybe it was like a leopard and couldn't keep up. You know, it hit him, and then it the, the gazelle was strong enough to bound away, but right. it's wounded and it was dying. So you've had to go through um, you know that kind of thing and just take take care of the daily running of the uh the resort itself sure your father obviously has been around and you know there's been wonderful loving lord cavendish listen he's he's a he's a good man um he has he has invited some of the locals uh, a couple of the people are like missionaries from uh, you know in the parts of kenya and he's been writing you know he's been handing out some cash to these people trying to you know and basically what keeping himself in favor with the local governors and the the people in charge of, you know, British rule and, and things that are going on at this time. He he pays his, it's not going to say, you know, it's not protection money, but he keeps everybody well. Lubricated. Boom. Well, Fi- palms well greased. Yeah, financially lubricated, yeah. Yeah. So uh, some of the, one of the, the missionaries, uh, comes over to you and uh you know he's he's there and he says oh oh, oh uh, mr uh mr cavendish yes um i've always believed we met once sir when when you arrived here uh as a younger man i, I don't know if you remember me i'm my name's aston clark it's uh i run the mission out of and he gives you a name of a town fairly far away he says um your father is a a very generous man sir i you should be very proud to be his son yes well lord lord cavendish is is quite the chap and and I'm sure he'll do more than right by by you and your mission. I'm it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance and I am wonder I am very happy to have you on our reserve. Oh yes, I I, I, I wish I could stay longer, but it's it's a almost a two day journey back. Um uh, Do you I hunt? Met with do your... you have time? I could I could take you out and you could go we could go a half day hunt if you'd like. Oh, I I I've I haven't fired a gun in years. Um just you know, only uh, I have a small pistol that I keep in case of snakes. Um, but uh, a, a hunt, I mean, I, I, I'm sure I could push some things back. Um, that would be that would be delightful. Uh, um, yes, yes, if you have the time. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Let me let me whip something up, and we'll 
We'll get a vehicle. We'll get some guns for you. You you have shot a rifle? Yes. If not, we can show you. And we'll uh, we'll find you something gentle like a Thompson's Gazelle. Uh, perhaps if you're a little bit more adventurous, a Kudu. Or I will keep you away from the dangerous game. Oh, I, I've just to uh, just to go out and actually be uh, to see the the grounds. I, I've never really toured all the entire site of Kubawasi or seen uh, all the properties that your family owns. Yeah, so right. no, we I won't I, be able I, to make the entire property. Unfortunately, it's 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 pretty vast. But uh, no, I, I, but any, but I, I appreciate your time either way. Sure, sure, wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, then why don't you make yourself comfortable? Get yourself some drinks. Give me about twenty minutes and. I will uh, work up a vehicle and get some supplies, uh, some snacks, and, and a couple guides to go with us, and uh, and we'll go out then. I, I'll wait here for you in the lounge. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. Wonderful. So the barkeep comes over and obviously pours him whatever is the drink of a midday afternoon in, in Africa, uh, the equivalent of a Long Island iced tea at the time. I don't probably, know what it would Probably be. a G&T, a gin and tonic. A G&T, yeah. <laughs> something, something cooling, something refreshing. Um, but yes, he's having that. You make your way around. You get Kakayangu. I'm sure that's probably who you're looking for anyway. So Kakayangu will go out with you. Uh, you're able to take one of the trucks. That's fine. When you come back, Lakshiva and Anya are there, and they are speaking to Aston Clark, and they have a variety of weapons already out. Of course they do. And Lakshiva says, this is a bolt action. You have to – and she pulls it back. She says, that you would chamber around here and – you will close the bolt, and when you sight, you want to be yes, yes. And she, and, and Anya's like, "I'm going next. I show you a really nice pistol next, sir. You like this one? It's very good. Um, Uncle Jack taught me how to fire it. I'm very good. I'm a very good shot, all the way out to almost thirty paces. I can take the eye out of uh, out of any type of cat that's in the. I show you, and they're like, yes, yes. So they are going through literally the main weapons that you keep for your your safaris and your. Your, you know your your tours. I am. I'm they are giving off, them- standing off to the distance when I see this, and just lean back on one hip and just grin from ear to ear, and like, those are my girls. <laughs> your father walks by and goes, "Well, at least they know weapons." Careful, father. In a few years, they may take you down like a zebra. Well, that's exactly the, the, what I was going to say to you. Teaching a, good, a woman weapons. What are you thinking? They're amazing. They knew weapons before they met me. I just gave them the tools to defend themselves. No different than you would have done, Father. You're going to regret this, Jack. One day, I, I, they'll break your hearts. Women. Ha! And he starts walking away. I, I'm not going to let him ruin it. I just, I just sort of, I just sort of wave. <laughs> this is a magical moment, you fuck. Yeah, I just wave him <laughs> off. I look back at the girls and I, I just smile. And I enjoy it as long as I can before they see me. Even if they see you, they're not done. She's, she's now on to small caliber handguns. She's talking about what to do in case of a charging creature. How do you know how to you know you you hold you don't breathe you exhale and you hold and then you take the shot you don't because if you gasp your shoulders come up and then the shot will miss and I wander up and I'm like yes remember dear squeeze the trigger gently as you yes as never you pull exhale. never very pull wonderful, very wonderful and he's like they're rather um, intimidating aren't uh, Mister Cavendish aren't they wonderful and I and I I put them both in my in my arms and I sort of pull them towards me he goes. My wonderful girls. I, I could not ask for a smarter group of girls. And they smile and, and they say, are, are you going to be leaving now, Uncle Jack? Uh, yes, yes. I, I'm going to take Mr. Clark uh, out uh, for a half day. We're going to go uh, shooting possibly gazelle or 
maybe uh, maybe some wildebeest. I know that you and Mama Kenda are still not fully speaking, but may we go play with the other children? Like, would that be a problem? I can... no, no, that's fine. That's fine, and we won't we won't talk about uh, my problems with Mama Kenda. You have no problems with them. You you go along and play and have a good time. I brought you girls here to enjoy your lives, to have a bit of peace. You go do that. Be children while you can. Okay. So they uh, they they smile and they hand the guns over to you carefully. And she says to, you know, uh, the, the missionary re- reverend, Reverend Clark, she's like, oh, be careful, sir. Your safety is not on, on, on that pistol. Just be careful. Okay. And they hug you and they, they run out the door and they go out the front. And as they scamper away, one of the women who does uh, like – the the bedrooms and and stuff like that walks over to you and and says Mr. Jack uh may I have just 2 minutes of your time before you take our guest out? Yes, of course. She says the so she walks over you know closer to where the bar is and and he's kind of he's in in a movie scene he would have like nine guns in his arms because they left an entire arsenal. Right, right. I'd be sitting there him- sitting there like holding <laughs> christmas gifts but instead they're all weapons. Yeah, yeah, that's how he looks. Like he's like, do I really need all these, sir? And you're like, just just a moment. You know, he's kind of, Jesus Christ! It looks like uh, Robin Williams from Survivors, uh, the original movie oh, yeah. with Mar- Walter. <laughs> yeah, that's he's got that kind of look on his face, like, what the hell is all these weapons? Um, but she says, the uh, one of the ladies at the tribe, uh, Mister Jack, said that Anya's the younger one, I believe, right? Yes, like Shiva yeah, yeah. was the older. Well, yeah. She says Anya. fifteen. I think Anya was twelve. Over yeah. 10. She says one of the women in the tribe sir has just it's just talk. It it's nothing. But they say that Anya has imaginary friend. Is that how is that the right word, Jack? I don't Mr. Jack, I don't know. It's she well, just sometimes, you know, I you know, when I was very small and, and Kakayanga was not around, I too would pretend that I had a friend that I played with. I, I think it's what children do when when they're alone and, and you know, perhaps Perhaps they miss their parents and their friends in Nepal. It is a very different land, and we must be patient with them. Of course, I agree. I just I didn't want you to to hear from. I I know right now things are a little strained, but I didn't want you or Kakayangu to hear that. You know, sometimes they they explore, and you know she was she talks sometimes, but it's uh, my own children have done this. I just wanted you to know in case it came back to you. I didn't want you to be worried. No, no. And, and I appreciate your coming to me. It's quite nice of you. I, I really do. It really does touch me. Um, if you do notice anything strange, if you wouldn't mind letting me know. I mean, it always ni- it is nice to have a woman around. I only see things from a man's perspective. And, of course, there's some things that I might miss. And I was kind of a rogue as a boy myself. So it might be better to have someone on the straight and narrow keep an eye out. Oh, I, I, of course I will. I, they are very sweet girls. They are very lucky to have you. And then, and I lean in and I say, I'll make sure that I put a little bit of something extra in your packet each week to help you on your extra burden. Thank you. Thank you. You know, she, she appreciates that. I'll give you an extra, an extra sixpence. Um, <laughs> it's just, that's just, it has that feel to it. You know, throw a little something in the packet for you. Uh, yes. So that she's, but she's being very genuine. She's, you know, she she goes back and forth to the village sometimes. Like she'll work several days and then go back. She has family there too, and and she just you know heard them saying the girls like to play by themselves sometimes, sometimes with the other children, sometimes alone. But when they're alone, they ha- you know they kind of do their own thing yeah. and just which is like you said, very natural because they're out of their country, right? They're not in their same space. 
It's complete. I mean, completely different world. It would be like if if one of us went to uh, went to a remote area in Africa right now, and everything that you knew yeah. is is gone. Everything is different. Yeah. I mean, I, poor Vadim's kids. I can't imagine what they're going to go through. Yeah, it's 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 definitely it's definitely a different feeling than Europe. So you go out on the safari. Uh, the, this Ashton Clark is just super impressed with your knowledge. You see all kinds of animals. You know, Kakayangu knows where the herds are moving every day. He kind of he tries to keep up with the migrations and you know where because we said that you know there's been uh, you know there's been rain off and on part of this part of the season. So it's it, it, you know the animals are still very well watered. There, I mean, it's January, but it's Africa. You know, it's Kenya. It's right. still warm. You do see a few elephants. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give me a luck roll? Sure. Copious, taking copious notes here. Copious notes. Copious. 82. No, I missed that. Okay, so you don't see any massive big game stuff. Um, so you see no lions, male or female. Uh, but you do, you know, you catch it, catch it, like I said, you catch an elephant. But you don't see, like, the the... The black horned rhino. You don't see anything super exotic. Black uh, rhinos, white rhinos. Yeah, nothing, nothing a- yeah. apex, anything large, right? Yeah, nothing super apex, right? You get, but you get a lot of other stuff. Yeah. And he's he's from Africa. He's seen plenty, but it's still there's there's something about the majesty of you know you're in a car and they can go anywhere they want. There's no limitation to the animals, no fences. Um, the sky is bright blue you know there's not a single cloud in it it's just and it's just miles and miles you can see right it's just this long herds and herds just, of animals yeah yeah and and of course what does he want to do he wants to shoot run so yeah, well, you know it's it's the time right so you get him close to something of a smaller of a smaller nature like you said a gazelle or some other animal and uh i'm gonna make a roll for him and he rolled. Oh, he rolled a thirty-four, which is pretty damn good, actually. So he gets a shot off, and he and he does. He he hits it. Um, it wasn't that far away, you know, forty, fifty yards. He had a decent scope on it, uh, but you know, he takes the animal down. Kakiangu tells him it's a good shot. They go over. They dress the animal. They get it cleaned up, and he's like, "Oh, that's that's fascinating. Great sport. Great sport. You know, shooting things that are unarmed. It's always a big." It is, it is wonderful, are... isn't it? It is just, it's just <laughs> although it must be done judiciously, I have to say that you know it is a great power uh, that comes along with it. We must not wantonly kill those animals. Every animal we kill, the meat is either used at the lodge or it's prepared and it's given to local villages to help them out. Uh, nothing is is left to rot, and even carcasses are then returned out here to the savannah for the uh, wild animals to eat. Uh, the- uh, that is, I did not know that. That is very, it is a part of the whole life cycle. I think that is amazing, uh, Mr. Cavendish. I, I, I'd never heard of such a thing. I've I've visited other game reserves, you understand, uh, trying to raise money for the missions. And um, I've only ever been on a few hunts. Nothing as breathtaking as the the, game, the grounds of Kubawazi. But the um, most of them are, are far less judicious about the way they treat the animals. I, I, I applaud you, sir. Yes, yes. Well, right. It, it can be. And then sadly, we are at a time now where there are many reserves that uh, are, are running too many hunts and they're really putting heavy pressure on the game. It's, it's one thing to maintain the herds. Uh, it, it's another thing to decimate them. And that is not something that either Lord Cavendish or myself will tolerate. We are tied very strongly to the land and to the people. The uh, it's getting about four five o'clock. 
Uh, so it'll be dark by seven, six thirty, seven o'clock at this time of year. You know, it doesn't the sun doesn't go too too deep into the night because it's January. So you know, although to them it'd be summer, right? Because they're south of the equator, so they're still they're still probably the sun's probably actually out, out till about eight or eight thirty. Yeah, that's their uh, they're in their summertime right now. If it's January, they're, you're driving back, and Kakayangu says, you know, just to wrap things up, he says, uh, Jack, should we just swing by and pick up the girls? It'd be much faster than you know going all the way back and then walking out to get them or bringing the car again. It's yes, no, half no, hour. It's a good idea. I, I like that. And then she'll get a chance. They'll get a chance to talk again to the Reverend and, and ride in the back. I know they like riding in the back of the vehicle with the wind. Oh, they and, love that. Yeah. And the air and they can look at the trees and perhaps they may see an elephant or a giraffe. It'd be wonderful. Yes. That's a great idea. Kaka. So he takes you up to the village. He parks a little bit away, right? right. A little bit further away than and I stay he in does the vehicle. Exactly. Uh, so that, you know, because th- there's still a lot of tension right now, right? You still feel a little awkward. I get it. Um, he goes up and he's talking to some of the locals and everything. And you see him, Sektu, speak to him and he comes back and he's like, the girls are not far from here, Jack. They're about 10 minutes northwesterly. They say that they're playing up in the fields um, with some of the other children and out with them. So it should not be far. He jumps back in the truck and starts it up and starts driving. You... Within about four or five minutes, you come upon several of the village, the uh, the tribal children, and they're kind of they're they're doing that game where they interlink one leg and then they hop and they do the clapping. They're, they're singing a traditional song as they're doing the. It's about agility and whoever falls down, and you know it's it's just a fun game for the younger children. So people normally twelve, thirteen, and under would be playing this kind of bouncy. It's a bouncy game. They're doing that, and they see you approach, and a couple of them kind of wave. One or two kind of ignore it because maybe they're, you know, a little bit more aware of what's going on in the village and that there's been an argument. But uh, they see Kakayangu and they, you know, they they start talking to him in his native tongue, which you understand. And he's like, uh, "Where are the girls? You know, where is uh, Lakeisha and and Anya?" And they say they they keep pointing. They go, "Not far." We we asked them to play the this game with us, but they said they wanted to walk a little further. They are not far though. They have not even reached the river. I know that because. We, we followed them a little bit and then started to make our way back as it's nearly time for dinner. So we just stopped for a few minutes, but we head back now. They are not far. And he's like, okay. So he starts driving and driving and you come upon an empty space, like this space that is just right, barren. Water, it has, right. yeah, it has no grass on it. Um, oh, it's not even, make, not even grass. It's dirt. It's just dirt. It's a dirt patch. All right. Go ahead and make me a... Education is to know intelligence is idea. Again, we always try to remind people that. So make me an education roll, please. I make it. It's a regular success. Okay. So as you're driving up with Kaki Yangu, he's, he, he, you see the girls, okay? And Lakeisha is dragging some wood. And she's kind of made a small little pile of wood from, you know, just around there. There's places where trees have died over the time. And they kind of just are, it's just rotten old wood. And they made a little pile. And Anya is just sitting there. And he beeps the horn. You're kind of watching them. And neither one of them moves. They're just kind of sitting there. Finally, the Kishida looks up and just waves, says something to Anna, Anya, and they, but they don't approach the truck. They don't move. I jump out of the truck and I, I sling a, a rifle over my shoulder and I head out. And while I'm like lighting my pipe, stuff, stuffing and lighting my pipe, walking towards them with a smile. Come on, girls. It's time to go back now. We have to get back to the reserve. Uh, you can ride back with us and, and and talk to the good reverend. Tell him all about your guns. Anya says, but our friends, th- th- we have to wait for our friends. They are they are coming again. They will be here very soon. They just had to run off for a moment, but they are coming back. It's okay. You can find your friends the next time. We can talk about your friends on the way back. I, I don't think so. They're, 
They said that we should wait here. Can we just wait five minutes, please, Uncle Jack? They'll be here. We have to give them a ride anyway. I, they're from uh, they're from the tribe. They're from this tribe because we just passed the tribe, dear, and they're on their way back now to the village. They're not. No, no, not these two girls. Which which girls? No, they, these two these two young girls. They well, uh, they are about Lakshiva's age. That about her height. They come here. They play here. I look at the Jack. I look at the ground. Yeah, and then I start to slowly turn pale. I draw the pop. The pipe drops out of my mouth, and I say, "Get in the truck now, now!" But Zenny, get in the damn truck! And they kind of startle. I pull my gun off my shoulder, not for them, but I start looking around, like it is not safe. They are not your friends. Get back in the truck. I know who they are. They mean you harm. <laughs> I will protect you. You must trust me. Okay, make a uh, make a roll for that. Uh, I would say either persuasion, intimidate, whatever you have in that section. You're not going to need much. Um, even if you, as long as you don't botch it, they wouldn't be rebellious. But um, do, let's see what you uh, get with intimidate that. Intimidate is better. So. All right, because you're a, you're an adult figure that one they respect. They're not going to be overly. Um, no, no. All right, so Anya is sitting. Like Shiva goes for the truck. You've scared her, but Anya says Naneni and Zeni want to speak to us. Uncle Jack, we have to wait for them. We were supposed to build a fire. You go sit in the truck. I will wait for them myself. I will talk to the girls. I know them. They won't like it. They don't have a choice. Come back to the truck with me. I need to talk to Kakiangu. He's already out of the truck and he looks and he goes, Jack, you know where we are. I know where we are. And I need to talk to you quietly away from the girls. Reverend, can you watch the girls for me for a second, please? Be a chap. <laughs> He's like, of course. Thank you. Go to him, girls. So they get in the back of the truck. Okay, and I pull Kaki and go over and I say, the girls have been playing with invisible friends. That is what the maid told me before we left. I didn't think much of it at the time. But now that we're out here in this barren, horrible spot that you and I remember oh so well from a horrible time that I would soon forget, the people that they are playing with are your sisters. And that's where we'll call it for tonight. Okay, thank you so much, everybody. That was awesome. Jack, great job. Um, that ties totally directly into his story. Uh, it's going to be, it, that'll be a lot of fun as the team starts heading back to him. What's going to occur on the uh, on Kubawazi? But we got him in the air, folks. Our team is leaving from London and they are going to be heading first to Portugal to pick up a ring and then on our way to Africa. And they will be joining Jack and Kubawazi next time. So thank you to my team. This was I did this as little vignettes because I wanted to give everybody a little piece of their own time over the last two weeks. I hope you enjoyed that method. We'd like to keep them together most times, but these little stories were little interpersonal moments that I thought needed to be split. Uh, Catherine's letter, Faye and Ella having that, that moment that I needed to do for Ella because of timing, uh, and she couldn't be here. And then uh, Vadim and, and Aslan, which I thought was a great, last week's great moment with, with Vadim. That was amazing. Just going that whole way, he, he convinced him. And of course, now we have Jack and uh, the girls meeting. Well, the girls. So uh, <laughs> this should be a lot of fun. But from all of us at the Bardic College, I want to say thank you to you, our listeners, especially to our patrons. We really, really, really appreciate all of your generosity and kindness. I know these economic times are hard on people, but believe it or not, a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, it all helps us just get more the equipment we need and do the things we need to do. And it just... We appreciate all your love and support. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll be back in a week. Talk to you then, everybody. Good night, team. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.